Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We certainly appreciate you taking the half hour out of your busy days um, to join us on the radio. We're broadcasting live, as always, from lovely Austin, Texas. And, Julie, I have a, an exciting announcement. I think it's exciting. It's exciting mm. for you and me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> that counts. Okay. So probably in the next uh, 15 days, we'll be over a million listens. How about wow, that? Wow, that's awesome. I know. We've been anticipating yeah. that. So here we are. Fantastic. Yeah, so Julie, your, your phone is uh, going in and out, so stay stationary. Yeah, so okay. that's something that I want to thank all of you for helping us to have accomplish because it's because of all of you. You know, it's interesting. Um, we're able to track. You guys know who are into the whole the whole internet, you know, marketing thing. You guys can track when something's forwarded and being shared. And we know a lot of you like to share our radio shows, and we, you know, we certainly appreciate that. And it means a lot to Julie and I. It motivates us to get our radio performance mojo on. To be honest with you, makes us study things more, read more, um, so we can do a better job on the radio show. Remember, our whole goal, um, same as you know, what you, you guys know, we own a, probably the nation's largest coaching organization for realtors. So our whole goal in our business, and certainly on the radio show, is to educate you guys, motivate you, but most importantly, get you into action. You're going to hear that a lot from us, so don't roll your eyes if you're a regular listener and you hear us say this every time, uh, because the truth is, is the education and the motivation, that comes from us, but the action has to come from you. And if there's ever any lack of action, or if you're ever needing any sort of, uh, how do we say it politely, extra motivation. Quick in the pants. Request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Julie, can you switch phones? So, uh, uh, yes, guys, I'll be back with you in a minute. Okay, so we're going to be talking about something today um, that I'm going to start out by setting up with this question. And here's the question. And this is a question that's counterintuitive. You guys know we're big fans of counterintuitive questions. So what is the advantage? Here it is. So what is the advantage, Julie, are you back? I am. Okay, you sound a thousand percent better. Okay. Whichever mic you were using before, I want you to take it out, uh, and then I want you to run over it with your car a thousand times so you never use it again. You got it. Okay, so um, what is the advantage? And, again, this is counterintuitive. And, listeners, I want you to take this seriously. If you're, you know, walking around listening to us on your iPad or your whatever, your mobile device, and you're, you know, paying attention to a thousand different things, just take a second. And participate in this one question. Here it is. What is the and don't the answer by the way to my question I'm about to ask you isn't nothing. Okay, so if your first reaction is nothing, that's not the you're not actually taking this question seriously. So how do you or how do people, if that's too personal, benefit from being a pessimist, being negative, or we can even say being cynical or skeptical. Okay? You can use whatever sort of negative adjective you'd like. Um, how do you benefit from being a pessimist? How do you benefit from being a negative person? I want you guys to think about that, right? So just for a second. No, here's what probably a lot of you are thinking. Oh, I don't benefit from that. No one benefits from that. There's no, you know, inherent benefit from being a pessimist, you know. And then those of you guys who have studied mindset stuff, you know, or maybe you're Buddhist, you say, well, you know, like attracts like. And so I realize that if I have the mindset of negativity, I'm just going to attract negative. I mean, so your mind is filling with all these things, but you're not answering the question. 
What is the benefit of being a pessimist, of being a negative person? Because there are benefits. But again, it's counterintuitive. Here's the benefit. Because if you're negative, if you're a pessimist today, if you basically are carrying around a bunch of, you know, a bag full of <laughs> bad attitude, that means that you're, in essence, being lazy. What? What are you talking about? Oh, I don't like the tone of today's radio show. I know a couple of you are thinking that now, but hear me out. Because if you're a pessimist, if you're a negative person, that means that you aren't taking the actions necessary because you don't believe in tomorrow. In other words, if you're believing that your future, or even later today, isn't going to be great, isn't going to be fantastic, that means you're giving yourself an excuse to be lazy. If you are pessimistic about what you can achieve in life, what you're really doing is you're really just giving yourself an excuse to be lazy because that means that, well, I'm not going to, I'm a pessimist about, you know, picking up the phone and calling my centers of influence and past clients, for example. Well, guess what? If you're a pessimist about it, that means you won't do it, which means you've just given yourself an excuse to be lazy. A lot of uh, folks will give us negative feedback about the radio show when we are not politically correct. And I realize using words like lazy is not politically correct, and I don't care. And you guys need to stop giving yourselves a hall pass on not using words as they're intended. If you're a pessimist, if you're a skeptic, if you're being overly negative, if you find yourself being attracted to negative TV, negative whatever, books, negative people, negative life situations, negative offices, negative clients, Mm -hmm. if you find yourself talking shit, about anything or anybody or any situation throughout the day, you are, in essence, trying to be lazy. Because if you're not somebody who's optimistic, if you're not somebody who's seeing the future as, uh, in even your present moment as the incredible gift that it truly is, again, that's just a very, you know, elegant, ex- socially acceptable way of being lazy. Julie, what are you thinking about this? Yeah, well, it's basically the why bother attitude, right? Right. So, I mean, if I if every past client that I call isn't going to meet me with uh, big, as Zoe would say, huggies, okay, <laughs> because maybe they're busy or they're having a bad day or you just can't reach them, well, why bother calling them consistently? Because, you know, I'm not getting my super excellent outcome every single time, which is based on my unrealistic expectations, right? So why bother? It it is the quintessential excuse for what you said. And I know people get upset about that, but it is laziness because you're just handing yourself that excuse. Well, you know, it's raining. I'll just sleep in anyway because nothing good happens on a rainy day. Oh, it's Monday. So, you know, I have a case of the Mondays, whatever. You're just being lazy. Stop calling it other things. You're being lazy and pessimistic which is allowing yourself to attract more lazy and pessimistic to you, enforcing that. And we're going to talk about that. I think today is actually, you know, kind of, on on the one hand, it's kind of a serious show because we're talking about things like laziness and negativity. But on the other hand, it's our job to help our listeners move through that and understand what to do about it. So, you know, this it's kind of a deep topic, but we're going to have some fun with it. We're going to relate it to real estate, you know, unlike many of your free trainers and office visitors and what have you. We actually have been in your shoes. We have walked that walk and fought that negativity because, you know, real estate is not the easiest thing in the world. So we're going to relate it back to your real-world decision-making and what to do about it. Does that make sense, Tim? It does. And, again, the concept here is that we really, truly do want you guys to be optimists. We really, truly, truly want you to feel that when somebody says, how are you doing, 
you got to say and think, you know, anytime I wake up and I'm looking at the green side of the grass, yeah. it's a great day, okay? We want you to see your life and this industry as the incredible gift that it is, because it is. This is an incredible industry to be in. You have uh, lucked out, if you, wanna, if you believe in luck. You have lucked out and found yourself in the right place at the right time. And if you're not getting out of your business, if you're not getting out of your life, which you want to be getting, you know, which we're going to talk about, it's one of our points, you've got to stop passing blame and you've got to start owning everything. You know, you and again, I don't want to jump ahead because Julie will, you know, send me a nasty <laughs> private message during the radio show. That nasty I'm using. chat. Yeah, exactly. And she'll send me a nasty. She'll be negative because yeah. I'm, I'm jumping. Don't ahead make me her. have to go there. But guys, have an open mind about this. You know, have a have your essentially challenge your paradigms about what your mindset is and what it can be. Challenge your belief structure about how you can exist on this planet. Because chances are, if you've allowed anything uh, uh, media-related to infiltrate into your mindset, it's negative, and you may have just gotten used to it. So you may be a negative, skeptical, pessimistic person, and you've just come to accept it. You just think it's normal, because after all, everything around you reinforces that. Challenge it. Don't accept it. Don't be okay with it. And then... Again, educate, motivate, take the actions necessary to get rid of it. So, Julie, you have a wonderful Cherokee parable, Cherokee Indian parable that you'd like to read. Yes, a a great parable or story that is short enough that you can basically memorize it. So uh, here we go. This is, again, a Native American story from the Cherokees. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside me, he said to the boy. It's a terrible fight, and it's between two wolves. One is evil, that wolf is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, the other wolf is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person, too. Now, the grandson thought about it for a while, and then he asked his grandfather, well, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. That's a, that's, <laughs> that's a great story, isn't it? Well, it, but it, it's, so, it's awesome. It's wonderful, and it does kind of shine light on the fact that this mindset stuff is something that's been around forever since the history of man. You know, it's been around since people were realizing that, hey, you know what? I don't necessarily want to have this life that I have. I don't necessarily want to basically be suffering like I've been suffering. And the hardest part, and I think, Julie, you'll agree with this, the hardest part is starting with the concept that your present-day reality, whatever your experience, good, bad, or indifferent, is based 100%. You created it. You manifested it. The choices that you made in the past will are the ones that led directly to what you're experiencing now. Nothing was done to you. You chose to allow it to happen. Yes, guys, I know that's maybe a level of accountability and responsibility and essentially a culpability almost that some of you are uncomfortable with because you've gotten so used to being able to blame something external. You know, I don't have the money I want because rich people are evil, or I don't have the health I want because the big companies are evil and they're feeding me all this crap that's got all this crap in it that's causing me to have health problems. All these other things that 
societally we've accepted but just simply aren't true. And as soon as you give up your power of choice, as soon as you allow yourself to succumb to the pessimistic, lazy thoughts, then you lose. And that's the thing that you all have to just simply accept because it is true. This isn't our theory. This isn't our, uh, you know, whatever. This is just a simple fact of life. So just accept it and don't fight it. And if you find yourself resisting it, as Julie goes to her points, um, just even every time Julie reads a point to you or we say something, if your teeth start to itch, uh, be introspective, observe the feeling, and ask yourself and notice that that particular point you're in conflict with, that's exciting because that's a good place for you to start. That's a good place for you to say, okay, that thing in particular that Julie just said is not in alignment with my current belief structure, and then start thinking about it and asking yourself why and how is that particular belief hurting you or how is that particular belief helping you. In some cases, you might choose to keep that belief. It work, it's working for you. And other times you're going to say, you know what, I don't like this. I don't like feeling this way. I don't like the result I'm getting from this mindset challenge that I'm having. And then you can move forward and you can basically do something different with your life. So, Julie, uh, go ahead through the first few points to the rest of the radio. Perfect. So, remember, we're talking about the evil wolf and the good wolf and which one you're going to feed. So, remember that you have a choice. It's not being done to you and chosen for you. So, how can you apply this in your day-to-day decision-making? Where do you see the wolves in your life? Point number one, it starts when your alarm clock goes off. Are you hitting the snooze button? That's feeding the evil wolf. Springing out of bed singing, oh, what a beautiful morning, like Howard Brinton used to do, for example, well, that's feeding the good wolf. That's getting off to the right start. It's setting the tone for your day. So as soon as you hear that alarm clock, which right there we could probably stop on that point if you are not using an alarm clock to maintain your morning schedule, which reflects the goals you've set, maybe that's the thing to think about. Maybe you're already subconsciously feeding that evil wolf by not even having an alarm clock, if that makes sense. So either you don't have one and that's the issue, or you have one but you're hitting the snooze button. If you're doing a great job on this, keep on doing a great job. This point's not for you. Maybe this happens to you now and then when you get into a rut and you just need a good day of sleep, you need to get yourself better if you're sick, whatever the case may be. Just don't make it a habit of feeding that evil wolf. So point number two, and this is, you know, this is something that really happens for every person every day. You've got to ask yourself, do you believe in and practice what we call the accumulation effect? Well, the accumulation effect is that your daily actions accumulate to add up to either good or evil. Now, the accumulation effect only works positively for you when you accumulate daily dollar productive action based on your goals. The good wolf loves this principle, but so does the bad, because every day you might be accumulating negative things as well. So if you're in a bad habit of, you know, you only work business when it comes to you because, you know, you, you don't want to be one of those salespeople or anything, well, you're accumulating those bad habits and eventually you will run out of that kind of business, not to mention that's not predictable or duplicatable. So which accumulation effect are you following? Are you feeding that good wolf, doing the things that you know will accumulate? Maybe you don't get instant gratification each and every day or each and every hour, but because you know about the accumulation effect, you're working the positive end of it, and you know something great will happen. And we have just endless stories from coaching clients that demonstrate that point. And Tim, you and I call that the it's too soon to tell point, using the accumulation effect. 
you know, when agents maybe uh, canvass a neighborhood before an open house and they talk to neighbors and they have great conversations, but nobody said, hey, bring your sign on over and plant it in my yard. Well, not today, but you've worked the accumulation effect in a positive manner so that when one of those neighbors gets their relocation notice that they've got to move to Atlanta by next month, they're going to call you versus somebody else. Does that well, make sense? What makes the accumulation yeah. effect work? Why does it work for some people and it doesn't for others? And the answer should be fairly obvious to all of you. It's because the accumulation effect, by definition, takes a long time to work. Right. You know, And it comes down to another one of our founding principles that – Basically, long-term, ever-increasing success comes from doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. I'll say that again in case there is any, are any new listeners, which I suspect there are dozens of you, not hundreds of you, if not thousands of you, based on our numbers. Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That's absolutely positive, positively key to making anything work. Working when you don't feel like working at the highest level. You know, don't wait to feel a certain way before you take certain actions. That's so important. That's the thing that goes hand-in-hand hand with the accumulation effect. Doing those types of things every single day, again, when you don't feel like doing it, don't, you know, you have to work. You have to do certain numbers of minimum standard things. We can, all coaching clients, you guys know about this. And when you do that on a regular basis, over time, and sometimes it's weeks, sometimes it's months, sometimes it's years, you start to see the benefits of it. One of the things that Julie and I kind of jokingly say to each other is we say, thanks, past Tim and Julie. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, a rental property that we bought 25 years ago, and we get the check from it because it's paid off property. The check arrives in the mail. It's thanks, past Tim and Julie. No, for a long time, there were no benefits to owning that rental property. Not really. It wasn't paid for. Sometimes it was vacant. You had to make the mortgage payment yourself, all those types of things. But we stuck to, we stuck through it. Now we have you know lots and lots and lots of rental properties that are paid off, and as a result of that, the accumulation effect and financial benefits is really paid dividends. And it comes back to doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Be okay with not getting instant results. Be okay with things taking longer you, than you think they should take. Be okay with the only person that you know being the only person that you know that is actually working and functioning towards a higher purpose and a bigger goal for themselves. Don't be one of these people who are habitually just looking for fast results, and those are the people that are buying leads. If you're a lead buyer opposed to a self-lead generator, you're somebody that probably is going to have a harder time than you need to accumulating any kind of meaningful success in your life because you've not yet accepted that doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level is one of the critical elements to, again, ever-increasing levels of success in your life. Julie, what's the next point? All right, perfect. So point number three, are you following your schedule based on your goals? Well, you're feeding that good wolf lots of great treats if you're doing that. How many of you, I wish they could vote and it would pop up on our screen, Tim. I wonder how many of our listeners actually have taken the time to create this wonderful ideal schedule. I know most of them have either from listening to our radio show or some other exercise they've gone through in their office created their ideal schedule. I've seen some of these things, and you know they get anywhere from the chicken scratch, what does this even say, down to the hyper-analytical from 9 a.m. to 9.10, I'm going to do this. Well, you know the point is not just creating it, you've got to actually follow it. And we always encourage you, especially between when you open your eyes and noon, to control your morning. So when you follow that schedule, you're feeding that good wolf. You're feeding into the positive accumulation effect. But if you're avoiding your schedule because you don't like being told what to do, 
even if you're the one telling yourself to do it, well, the evil wolf loves that kind of sneakiness because it looks like you're in control. It looks like nobody can tell me what to do. I got into real estate so that I can just make my own schedule. Well, okay, you made your own schedule. Now you have to follow it because remember the quote of you know, success, doing the things that you don't want to do, not just knowing what they are, but doing the things that you don't want to do when you don't want to do them or feel like doing them and doing it at the high level, well, that gets down to on the very basic time management end of things, following your schedule. So remember, the evil wolf likes you sneaking around, getting around things like, you know, doing some consistent lead follow-up, for example, prospecting, dare I say it, you know, even getting your newsletter out, you know, monthly instead of, you know, sporadically. So are you following your self-prescribed schedule? And if you haven't yet done a schedule, well, that's a great reason for a free coaching call. Get in front of that. We're not going to say, hey, you know, in 15-minute increments, we're going to keep agent cam watch over you. No, the point is to feed into that good wolf, the accumulation effect on the positive end of things. So there's an interesting little word scramble. There's a uh, New York Times famous author, Jody Picot, who points out that when you do a little word scramble with the word evil, it turns into vile, but good can only be scrambled into go do. So that ties right into our success definition, doesn't it? So when you're thinking about the good and the evil wolf, think about the good wolf is telling you go do what you're supposed to be doing. Action always makes so, sense. So, here. Julie, you, yes. just, you just said a word mm-hmm. that I know is going to not resonate with um, maybe some of our more politically correct-minded friends. Mm-hmm. And that word was evil. I know. Because a lot of them don't like the word evil. They actually don't believe that there is evil. Yes. Um, okay, so I'm going to set that aside because it's not our job to uh, argue with you about that. But I want to point something out to you guys. And, again, I get it. A lot of you guys don't like the word evil because evil implies that, you know, essentially some people are, you know, uh, essentially evil. And that means they can't be helped or they, some, you know, whatever, whatever. I mean, I, you know, Julie and I have been in the coaching industry forever and we've come across people that are very, very, very sensitive to the words that you use because they don't like the ramifications of the words. But I'm going to use word evil because that is what I mean when I, when, lazy is evil. And I'm going to prove it to you. So, when you're choosing to be lazy and you're choosing to be a pessimist and you're choosing to, um, you know, essentially in essence not live up to your God-given abilities, it is evil because what do you, who are you hurting? What are you taking away? You're not making yourself uh, essentially be the person that you could be. You're essentially taking away from the customers you could be helping. You're taking away from the family that you could be. Uh, isn't it your prerogative? Isn't it your if you have children? Isn't it your job to basically create the best environment for them to exist? Don't you believe that fundamentally? I know you do. Your spouse, your church, your community. Isn't it your job to be the best citizen and person you can, a contributor, not a taker? Well, if you're being lazy, if you're not, if you're being lazy in your skill set, if you're being lazy in essentially the way that you coexist and the way you uh, exist in this industry because you're a pessimist, because you're overly skeptical, isn't that evil? Isn't it? Isn't it, in essence, basically taking uh, something away from yourself, taking a little bit of life away from yourself and the people that you could be having a positive impact on? Isn't that evil? Isn't it? Choking the life out of yourself, choking your life out of your potentiality? I think it is. So you've got to look at things for what they are and use the right words. 
well, I'm just a natural skeptic. I've seen people all my life who basically take pride and want to basically freaking say, I'm a skeptic. I like being a skeptic. Well, why? Yeah. What's the benefit you have from being a skeptic? Well, I'm just a naturally pessimistic person. I've had people say that to me, and they're prideful about it. Well, what's the benefit of from being that way? Oh, I know what it is. You can be lazy because ultimately if you're you know, a skeptic, if you're somebody who's a pessimist, or if you're somebody who's you know overly careful or some of these other interesting words you guys use to try to cover up the real word, which is being lazy, you're just giving yourself permission not to take actions. You know, look around. Look at your environment. Look at your life. Look at the relationships. Look at your career. Look at the amount of money you're earning. Look at the number of people you're helping. Is that really what you want? Are you really getting out of your existence what you want, what you can? Every single one of you who are listening today knows that you're holding yourself back. I know it's true. You're holding yourself back at maybe in some significant ways or some lots and lots of small ways. Why are you doing that? Why aren't you choosing to increase your sale price? Why aren't you choosing to basically add that assistant or three? Why aren't you choosing to actually master listing presentations? Why aren't you choosing to decide to go after and master, say, for example, unrepresented owners, a.k.a. FISBOs? Why aren't you choosing that? You know, that's one of the wonderful things about, like, one of our title sponsors is uh, MojoSells.com. I mean, it's one of the greatest products out there for those of you guys who are ready to take your businesses to the next level. If you're not familiar with Mojo Cells, if you're not actually using uh, Mojo Cells, you need to seriously consider that, uh, especially for centers of influence, expired, for sale by owners. It's a killer, done-for-you business system. It's, it's one of the few products in this industry that I've never heard people complain about. So check out MojoSells.com. Julie, what's your next point? Perfect. So uh, next point is number four. Again, we're relating this to your day-to-day -day real estate practice. What happens when deals go sideways for you? What's your first thought? Do you go to the good side or the evil side? Do you instantly say, oh, it'll never close. The deals come apart. Oh, no, I'm not going to get paid. Well, you know what? When you act that way, it's a big piece of red meat being thrown to the wrong wolf. Instead, say to yourself and mean it that you will be the reason it closes. Find the way to be the leader. That's what the best good wolves do, right? So check yourself. Almost every one of you that didn't get your license yesterday, you know, those guys get a little bit of a pass to get their business going. But the rest of you, probably you're going to have some hiccups in your deals this month. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, probably there's going to be some things that look like they're going sideways. So when that happens, because it's almost guaranteed to happen, check yourself. Take a breath before you call that other agent back. Take a breath before you call your client or your prospect back or the appraiser, or the inspector, whoever's getting in the way. Are you throwing red meat to the bad wolf and going, oh, no, it's awful, you know, drama, drama, drama? Or are you taking a breath and making the commitment that you're going to be the leader wolf here, that you're going to be on the good side of things, that it, you will make it your mission to make sure that all of these clients, the prospects, everybody, you know, dealing with this particular transaction is going to be happy at the end of the deal? Are you making that commitment? See, that requires you not to be lazy, so maybe that's going to make you a little uncomfortable. It's okay. I mean, it is easier to just throw it out and say, oh, you know, some of my deals don't close. That's that bad wolf again. That's that laziness. And, you know, I think all of you guys complain about each other on that, that when something goes wrong, you know, agents cause all this drama. Well, just make the commitment that you're not going to be one of them. So we're going to pick up where we left off today, tomorrow, on tomorrow's radio show. And your homework is, is to monitor how you're feeling throughout the day. 
and look for the little triggers, or as Julie just said, look to see where you're throwing red meat to the, the bad wolf, the evil wolf, okay? Look to see when you're doing it. Now, here's the other fun part. Look to see how many other people and things <laughs> try to feed your negative wolf. How many of them around you constantly? Like if you're driving in traffic and somebody flicks you <laughs> off, where does your mind go? Or do you just kind of laugh it off? Where does your mind go when you have, as Julie said, a deal go south? Or you get a voicemail or you just look to see all the dozens and dozens and constant barrage of things, people that you're inviting in, welcoming in, encouraging to become part of your mindset to feed your negative evil wolf. Think about that. Those are all choices you're making. Choices how you react. Choices to who you talk with, choices to what you listen to, choices to what you read. You're choosing all that negative shit that you're having surround you. Notice it. Don't, you know, don't swim in it. Don't do the backstroke and the negativity. <laughs> Notice it. Just see it. When you have something negative happen between tomorrow's, uh, today's radio show and tomorrow's, I, you know, make a mental note of it. Don't embellish it. Don't think about it. Don't ask if it's true. Don't empower it. Don't, you know, in any way allow it to manifest more bad. Just notice it. And then the next step is, to Julie's second point, I want you to go and I want you to think, how did you invite that into your life? What did you do? And the answer can't be nothing. You have to find a way that you created that negative situation. Because when you start with those two prominent thoughts, acknowledging that, you know, this negative stuff is around you, when you seeing it, and then by seeing it, by noticing it, you're putting up a barrier to having an enter into your mind. That's number one. And number two is taking responsibility for it, owning it, saying, I somehow <laughs> chose to have this in my life. It's somehow you're allowing that stuff to become part of who you are. That is a choice. You can stop it. I strongly encourage you to stop it. I am going to do everything, and <laughs> Julie and I are going to do everything, and our coaches are going to do everything, and our power for you to see what an incredible gift that your life and you being an agent right now in this particular economy is to you and your family and the generations that come after you. Be excited about this, guys. Seriously, be excited. Feel blessed because you are. If there's anything we can ever do for you, please request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. In the meantime, we'll talk to you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>